Falls to LA. And a gridlock, Botox. Oh. I do like the yoga pants, though. <laughs> when was the last time we were in LA? About 10 years ago, doing a vengeful spirit? Man, that seems like forever ago, doesn't it? Hey. I'm trying to talk to you here. What? You, what are you listening to? Uh, podcast. Why? Alright, well. I need something to keep me awake, so crank it up. I mean, it's a history podcast. Uh. Well, I like history, you know. Yeah, hell, we're driving a piece of history right here. Not that kind of history. This is a, uh, <clears throat> it's a podcast on the history of the Protestant Reformation. Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought. <clears throat> Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. Oh, Wow. Um, Don't judge a book by its cover. We thought we'd you know what? I'm done apologizing. Listening to it is research. No, no. This first episode, we thought we'd uh, have a chat about the themes of family that run through Supernatural. So the family you come from versus the family you make for yourself. Welcome to Idling in the Impala podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And today we uh, we thought we'd do a little bit of an in-depth character study of some of the characters because we've talked about Sam and we've talked about Dean and we've talked about Dean some more and then, well, <laughs> if we've got nothing else to talk about, we can always talk about Dean, can't we? Um, so we figured, you know, maybe you were bored of hearing us talk about Dean. No. He had that brother, didn't he? I remember he had that brother. Y'all remember that brother he had? But no, we figured maybe we would take a look at some of the other characters, main characters, background characters, things like that in Supernatural. And we decided that today we would have a look at our lovely Angel of Thursdays, Castiel. So I don't have anywhere else to go with that. Sandra, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Castiel? I suppose let's, it's always good to start at the beginning, isn't it? So mm-hmm. let's we, we could all just talk about the first fucking scene that Misha was in and how freaking amazing that was and how it set the tone and then it just obliterated the tone I think too like after that yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it you know it set the tone it's you know what though it set the tone for this really awesome badass angel that was not lived up to for the rest of the show (laughs) yeah I, I I think that's I think that's accurate and I think that's accurate for a lot of reasons based off of how um, Castiel ended up interacting and becoming a part of the boys' lives in general uh, by choice, right? Because I think before yeah. that, it was mainly he was a soldier. He did what he was told. And then I think he pretty much is also the catalyst for um, fate versus free will. I think, I, I mean, at least in my um, look at the series overall, I think his injection of that character brought about a lot more questions for uh, Sam and Dean on their journey. Cause I think by mm. season four is when, you know, you really understood what, or you slowly understood what Sam's role was. And then what Dean's role was supposed to be in the whole mm. apocalypse and the um, introduction of the angels set them on a really different 
the path. It was much bigger. It was much grander. It was like not just, not just, um, you know, the the monsters uh, that are, I guess, roaming the earth, but the monsters everywhere. And I know they'd started that with demons, but um, they really didn't throw the angels in there until quite a few seasons after right i mean they they introduced demons in the season one but you heard like little rumors of it but nothing actual a physical like tangible oh my gosh here's an angel kind of thing so um i feel that and i do you i don't know if this i can't remember if this is accurate or not but i think a lot of what happened in season three, because of the writer's strike, I think changed a lot of what was supposed to be sort of the game mm. plan or the outline for how the next couple of seasons was supposed to go. And I think maybe that was also a reason why they decided to introduce angels. I don't know if that's totally accurate or not. I feel like I read that somewhere that Kripke mm. might not have necessarily had that as a plan. Or maybe if he did, maybe it was supposed to be introduced a little bit later and maybe not season four, maybe season five. Um, yeah. So, because I think at the end of season three, initially, was Dean supposed to go to hell? I feel like they had to, I feel like they were going to change that. Like he was going to get saved. But then I think the writer strike just kind of, made a muck of everything and they just ruined, had to ruin it yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, mm. I think that they were they weren't necessarily I just like how again, and I think because we get years of a of a character and of a show, and that could be people could say that's good or bad depending on the quality as it continues, but I think we got to see a big range of emotions. Well, you know, from a from a character who wasn't supposed to have any, really, you know, and how yeah. that that changed and grew based off of his experience with humanity, you know, and then his choices and and what that mm. um you know, what that ended up leading to towards the end of the end of the series. I mean, there's Again, and I know this will go back into, you know, what people pull out from watching a show and like kind of what's there. But if you don't know to look for it, you don't see it um, in terms of like, especially the relationship between Cass and Dean. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's initially like, yeah, he was he was a total badass. And even like the way he he talked and walked and um, how very reverent i think i mean dean's always a smart ass but he does that to kind of like try to like you know show that he's more of a badass than you are and he's he can take you on or whatever it doesn't matter so he's going to stand up that way but you could see mm. in a lot of a lot of the early episodes with Cass, you can see him shrinking a little bit and being like you know this is something i probably shouldn't be fucking around with and i probably should shut my mouth and yeah I guess doesn't that lend to a little bit of Dom sub stuff anyway, yeah. just by definition. So I was I was just thinking that I was like early, early like season four Castiel got that mm -hmm. big Dom energy. That all I don't need to shout 
and you know mm-hmm. be violent to get my point across i can just just give you that look mm-hmm. and you know you'll you'll fall into fine massive massive dom energy from i mean kind of i don't know he did kind of carry it all the way through like there was never there was never a point in the show where i think you could have said castiel was weak even when he lost his grace he was never like chuck was weak you know mm-hmm. like for all his bluster, there was nothing behind it. It was just that. It was bluster. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, and I mean, you could say mm, some of the later Knights of Hell as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, specifically thinking of the one in the white suit. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking tighten Gabriel up. Sewing his mouth shut. Fuck you. That's my job. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, like there are some characters that like try to be badass, but you can tell that it's just surface level. With Cassiel, I think even when he was diminished, even when he didn't have his supernatural powers to back him up, he was still powerful in I, the same kind yeah. of way Sam and Dean are. You know, I don't need this. Like Sam and Dean don't need guns. They can kick your ass just as easily without them. Castiel mm-hmm. doesn't need his grace. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish him to not have it. Yeah. I think that has to do with just conviction too, right? Like in terms of what he what his beliefs are that I think just makes him powerful, you know. And I think that goes for Sam and Dean too. Like their their beliefs. Uh, are what motivate them to be, you know, stronger and to to push through. And I think that has a lot to do with Cass mm. as well. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know, maybe because I think I've heard like in a couple panels and stuff that, um, you know, Misha is not generally like the best fighter or, you know, whatever. So it's like he would still, you know, maybe he couldn't show it as well in terms of like fight scenes or different things like that. But in terms of his overall like stature and presence when he when he embodies that just core strength within him i think you you know to just like stand back and you know yeah um give him some space so yeah i think that yeah. it it definitely season 4 is probably like the dommiest i feel that you know he ever was and then i think by season five when they i think that's when team free will kind of like got named is when he becomes really more a part of sam and dean's journey and Mm. then i think you start to see him sort of fray a little bit you know in terms of like breaking down or figuring himself out um so yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of just like being that soldier, I think that's probably how he relates to Dean a lot. Um, and maybe how Dean relates to him, where it's pretty much just follow what my I'm just gonna follow what my father told me and not question it until somebody asks you to question why you're doing what you're doing. Um mm. so yeah, I think that's what they have in common. Um character wise uh yeah and their relationship is definitely quite different than the relationship that Cass and Sam have and i think the Cass and Sam part really develops a lot later 
um, just because Cass's focus, I think, is always Dean for so long that then they mm. don't have a lot of opportunity to be together, you know, to commiserate about, you know, usually they're commiserating about Dean, which <laughs> yeah. <think> is funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I think if we're drawing comparisons between Sam, uh, uh, no, not between Sam and Dean, between Cass and Dean. Wow, mm-hmm. you can tell we don't talk about anybody else on this podcast. Sam and Dean, Sam and Dean, Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean. <laughs> no, I think, I think Dean has a lot more conviction than Castiel. He changes allegiances more than he changes his fucking underwear. He's, He's like, I know, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. He's well, yeah. All for the God Squad. And then there was definitely some other stuff that happened. But then he turned on Sam and Dean to align with Crowley for the souls in purgatory. And I mean, we won't count his actions with the Leviathan. Like that that doesn't count. But then well, like Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just he I don't think he betrays people willingly. He just oh, no. lacks a little bit of conviction. He is so focused on what he feels is the right thing that he doesn't necessarily think about the implications of his actions. And maybe that's because he's used to his actions not having any implications. Hmm. You know, he w- he said he was a soldier, but for what? Like what? Well, I th- in yeah, in my experience, they ain't been doing much, mm-hmm. you know, because if the angels were fighting, there wouldn't be a need for hunters to deal with the demons. Because the angels would be doing it, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So what's he a soldier for? What, what you doing? You know? Yeah. That's the fucking story I want. I want to hear. Fuck this Winchester shit. I'm not interested in John and Mary. We know what's happening there. Tell me what heaven was like before before Castiel. Mm-hmm. Well, not before Castiel, but before Castiel came into the show. Mm-hmm. Before they revealed themselves to humanity. Mm-hmm. What the fuck were they doing up there? They all just sitting around on clouds with harps and shit? Well, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, that's I. I would like to know that because, like, we saw hell, we saw it under Crowley, we saw a little bit of it under Rowena, similar kind of vibes. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine, mm-hmm. but we never, we never really saw heaven until it was massively diminished. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, just, just figuring just if it was just more of like a like a bureaucratic, like an office type situation, administration, just making things like you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, that kind of stuff, and not really just going about whatever was on your your workflow, like <laughs> to make sure that you had to deal what your one yeah, job was. Yeah, but I don't know because they didn't seem to be doing much. They didn't seem Mm-mm. to be influencing things. They didn't seem to be I'm f- I'm confusing. I'm confusing my fandoms massively here because I'm like did heaven make sure that Dean was born? And then I'm like, nope, that's Lucifer making sure Chloe was born. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's totally different. That's mm-hmm. different show, different fandom, completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't know, they just didn't seem to be I I w- I would be interested in you know, in a in a behind the scenes of of heaven pre series, but we're not going to get that. We're going to get the fucking Winchesters, so you know, it's fine, I suppose. Well, I guess, I mean, too, if you're talking about like Chuck's whole plan, I mean, I feel like Chuck's whole plan was getting to the point where Sam and Dean got here, you know, and then maybe once that happened. Again, that's a whole Chuck thing, like with the writing and stuff. Um, but 
the conviction part of it, I just feel like his conviction was, I just need to, again, I don't think this was beforehand, but maybe it was. But I think once Dean and the apocalypse and all that, it became about helping to save people and save the world. And I think that's where he got lost because I think it was just the end game then for Cass. And sometimes he just, by whatever means necessary, I want to make sure, you know, I try to save the world. And I think he got lost in that quite a few times. Every time he thought he was doing the right thing, he just ended up screwing up, you know? And I think Mm. that that's a growth thing for his character. Unfortunately, you're putting the whole world at risk, you know, for one character to kind of experience that, that growth where I think you're right. Conviction wise, um, you know, Dean and Sam probably have that a lot more than Cass does, but I'm just thinking his wanting wanting to save and maybe, I don't know, wanting to emulate, you know, maybe Sam and Dean a bit too, because maybe he just didn't, there wasn't much personality there. You know what I mean? And a lot of times you're trying to figure out who you are and you learn by the people that you're spending a lot of time with. And those were the only two people that I think Cass ever Mm. really spent a lot of time with until he became human, you know, for that short amount of time and then really got to see more of what was going on. I mean, I know he saw the world and he was behind the scenes, but in terms of actual interaction, I think it was really just Sam and Dean when he first embodied, um, you know, Jimmy Novak, you know, and because he left Mm. that family right away. So he wasn't really learning from that. He didn't really learn about what a family was, I don't think, from anybody but Sam and Dean. And that's not the best way to learn about family oh, God, is no. from Sam and Dean. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's I a matter see- of being a product of your family. And that's what we ended up getting with Castiel, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking of the Winchester crest now. And just be like, Winchester, we need therapy. And then there'd be like a demon blade and like a flannel shirt and like the Impala. And then you need four for the cover. What would be the fourth thing? Demon blade shirt, Impala. What would be the fourth thing? God, I don't know. Um, A motel key. A motel key. Or something about the men of letters, maybe. Like, because that ended up really being, I think, a big part of it towards the second half of it. So maybe that. Um, yeah, it'd it'd either be a motel key, or maybe maybe it'd be the men of letters. You know, the key that opens the bunker, mm-hmm. but it'd have one of those like motel tags on it. You know what room <laughs> number it is, and then we could combine. There yeah, we go. The, they're they're not the greatest people to learn yeah. anything apart from crippling codependency yeah and i mean that's really what it all comes down to i think for a lot of the relationship between the three of them it just becomes very Mm. very unhealthy you know and i mean some people could argue you know depending on how you're looking at Cass, is he doing a majority of this stuff because he thinks that that's what dean would do or because that's how dean would again like i i just think the i think initially once he made the decision and he chose to turn away from God, I almost think Dean became his God in a way. Like that was who he followed um, for a few mm. seasons. But then, you know, you've got the the soul thing with Crowley. And again, like making that very wrong decision. 
and then him becoming God for a really short amount of time and then disappearing, coming back. And then from then on, every every season, it's almost like, how did Cass fuck up? You know, I think that becomes the thing. It's not necessarily how did Dean or Sam fuck up, even though they do take turns with that too. But I think you've got a majority of seasons that are more about how did Cass mess up something? Um, mm. Because that's that one scene in season 15, right? The breakup scene between um, Castiel and Dean where Dean's like, you know, Cass is like, I'm sorry, I made a mistake or something. And Dean says something along the lines of why is it, you know, whenever there's a, when something's messed up or, you know, it's, it's because of you, something along those lines. I can't remember the exact line, but basically like just saying it just to crush him, you know, make him feel even Mm. more guilty. Um, And I am of the mindset that misery loves company. So I think that Dean in a way his guilt, he kind of wants people to share it, right? And maybe Cass was the one person that was willing to share that, you know, specific guilt feeling. Yeah. Maybe even more than Sam, you know? Um, I think Sam, because I think we've had conversations with other people that we've interviewed. I think there's a difference, like there's a shame and a guilt thing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like that it's it's kind of different where Sam and Dean both come from. And I just think Cass is very much team Dean, you know, and like, what are we going to do? And what would Dean do kind of situation? So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. He tends, like I said, he, I don't think it. it's, I don't think it's a lack of conviction, truly. I think it's just him thinking that his way, you know, the path that he sees is, is the only path. And I mm-hmm. think. Whether he was like that before or whether that's something he picked up from Dean, mm-hmm. you couldn't really tell. And I mean, although maybe you could say it's something more he picked up from Dean because when it when he first arrives and they're just kind of like, just the angels are kind of feeling the, the boys out and mm-hmm. just trying to see like what choices they'll make and stuff. He's very much like hands off, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. let's just see what happens. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Let's just see. But then as we get later, he's like, no, this is the only way you can. This is the only way that this will succeed. And this is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe he picks that up from Dean, who's very much kick the door down first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't go all the way to shoot first, but certainly kick the door down first and, yeah. and we'll go from there. We'll Not see, really we'll take the happening. time to see if there's another option where I think Sam is very studious and likes to take the time to sit and think you know and yeah i don't think cass being that he's not human i i don't think you know he just doesn't have he hasn't learned that skill um and i don't know if he learns that like how much he learns of that when he's technically human you know for that one Mm -hmm. season um because they don't really show a lot of him they show him like at his job or they show him like running and um you know then i mean again like when they i think when they catch up with him again he's like he's studying he's like trying to solve a case you know and he's in a suit and you know he's just like he again he's just trying to be like them and Mm. yeah i mean i i think it's all a search for himself and figuring out who he is and i don't even think he realizes that when he's what, what he's going through and what he's doing um, no, until probably the very end. Um, 
yeah. you know, of the show. So and... we can, I mean, we can't, we can't talk about Castiel without talking about the end. Mm-hmm. And we can't really talk about Castiel without talking about Castiel, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, okay. <laughs> and like before, before we, before we get into the end and before we get into that scene i just i feel like like i'm still mad with misha but i feel like there's no one else that could have played castiel you know mm-hmm. like some actors are born to mm-hmm. a role mm-hmm. nobody else could have done that yeah you know he's so and you know what it's it's such a massive change from misha's personality as well mm-hmm. who is you know ostensibly from what you see from behind the scenes and and like at cons and stuff and we know that that's just another persona mm-hmm. but he seems to be you know pleasant affable up for a joke mm-hmm. having to explain to his wife why there are bruises on his thigh which is <laughs> you know that's fine uh, he has a very that's sardonic fine. dry wit right like that's and that's something yeah. that i don't think you don't get from you don't get from Cass, at least not like intentionally, right? You get stuff like his, his is very much He's playing funny. off of the fish out of water trope for a really long time. And I kind of miss that part of Cass towards the last few seasons. I mean, I, I understand yes. it's not going to be a thing forever. You know, you, he's he's going to learn. He's going to have experiences that are going to make him less of that. But the really first, um, I don't know, I think, I guess up until like, Metatron like kind of like touches his forehead and gives him all this like pop culture, all this knowledge, all this stuff. Like, I don't think you, you get, you get a lot more of that. And then after that, it's like, oh, well now he's going to know the reference and now he's going to know this, or he's going to understand what that saying means a little bit more. Yeah. And then you, you know, if the pizza man likes the babysitter, like you just, (laughs) you can't, you can't write that. It's funny. Oh, Dean, this isn't funny. The voices are almost out of minutes. Like I, I also very much enjoyed early Castiel, you know, Mm -hmm. struggling to, to fit in to, Mm -hmm. to the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that very, very kind of very blunt, like there's no subtlety. There's no Mm -hmm. understanding of references. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Cast, get out of my ass. Dean, I was never in your ass, <laughs> kind of thing. It just, yeah. you know, cast it. A little sound bite of Castiel is actually one of the notification tones I use on my personal phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the my people skills are rusty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. use it, I use it for my um group chat for work because <laughs> my people skills are very fucking rusty. <laughs> So it's just a little reminder when that notification comes through that this is not a book around and find out conversation. You have to be moderately professional when yeah. you answer this particular message. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do miss that. I very much missed the, as you say, the fish out of water, the not understanding, the very blunt and literal Castiel. But I still think, yeah. props to Misha, he's probably permanently damaged his voice. Mm. for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is normally the part of any given podcast where we would go, hey, our sponsor today is, but we ain't sponsored. So we just have some uh, causes, some charities that we'd like to um, bring to your attention, point you in the direction of if you feel 
able or willing to donate to them. We have three main sort of causes, inverted commas, that we're uh, uh, promoting feels like the wrong word, but like signposting, highlighting, mm. if you will. Mm. So the first one is um, to do with the conflict in Ukraine, the Russian invasion unlawfully of Ukraine. So we would just like to draw your attention to World Central Kitchen, which, as it sounds like, is, um, you know, helping to feed people that are affected by this conflict. Um, You know, although it's dropped out of the media quite a bit now, there's still a hell of a lot of people in the Ukraine that are trapped, that are cut off you know, that are struggling for food and water and basic supplies. So that's what that charity is there for. We have Kids Save, which again, as the name suggests, is looking out for the children that are affected um, by this. I mean, conflict feels like the wrong word. It's, you know, it's an unlawful invasion. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. Kids Save. And then we have, if you don't want to sort of, if you don't feel you can or want to commit to just one single charity, We also have a link to the global giving page for the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund, which obviously is then split between various different places that needs to go. It's sort of the global equivalent of a GoFundMe or a Just Giving page. So we have that. And then for those of you that are in the US and, oh, Lord, we know it's hard right now. We do. So we have the um, Mums Demand Action, Ending Gun Violence, um, the Sandy Hook Promise, advocate for gun regulation in your state, wherever you may be. We have the American Civil Liberties Union, which is, you know, basic human rights. Come on, people. Like, I, it, it doesn't feel like it should be this hard, but somebody needs to give your government a kick up the ass and be like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not this hard. You're making it harder than it is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, vote.gov. You know, look up the voting regulations in your state, in your area, find out what you need to do, be informed, be prepared, because that is the best way to enact any kind of change. And that doesn't just go for the US, that goes for the UK, anywhere else. Educate yourself. Know what you need to do so nobody can catch you out. Last cause, definitely not least, LGBT, LGBTQ plus people, my folks, we are under attack. There's no easy way to say it. There's no nice way to say it. People want us dead, yo. It's really heavy in the US. It's coming in the UK, you know, and it's fucking hard. There's no one cause fits all for this. There's nothing particularly global. And to be honest, I didn't really want to signpost to any, you know, causes that are fighting against this. I want to bring this down more to people. You know, we're not just, we're not a statistic. Everyone's a person. So the causes I want to signpost are Switchboard LGBT in the UK and the Trevor Project in the USA. And they are both um, services where you can reach out, you can be connected to people to talk to, you know, it's hard. We need to come together, guys. So if you need to talk to somebody, if you need help, if you are not safe where you are, these charities will help you. You know, reach out to them, even if it's just someone to talk to, even if it's just someone to go, this fucking sucks. If you need that help, reach out as well. For anyone outside of the US and the UK, I'd like to draw your attention to the Trevor Project. Again, they have resources for international LGBTQ+ people youth we know that as much as it's hard in our countries it's a hell of a lot harder in some other countries and it's not easy to come out it's not easy to be safe so take a look at that link for some resources some places to go for help 
some ideas of how to keep yourself safe. So again, it's not a sponsor. We wish we had a nice fun sponsor to bring you, but we know that it's hard and we just want to point you in the direction of help for others if you can give it and help for yourself if you need it. So back to the podcast, I guess. Probably, I think just his character in general and how difficult it is dealing with people probably endeared him to, you know, a certain sector of the fandom that probably shares that same feeling of not fitting in, you know, figuring themselves out. So I think he's kind of like the symbol for that for them and they have a strong connection um to him as a character you can just see that i think especially um you see it a lot like the couple conventions i've been to i think you see just how very just how how much castiel is um followed um almost in a i don't say Mm. like way but and not 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 in a bad way at all but just it's just very, it's just very blatantly there. Like here, like, I want you to see me, you know, which is how I think represents a lot of the LGBTQ plus community to like, you know, being open about who they are and that, you know, shining through at a convention. I really like it. I think it's, I think it's great to see um, where they feel mm-hmm. welcomed and comfortable with themselves because I don't know if Cass ever got that, you know, I don't think he did. He wasn't really no. ever comfortable with himself. Um, no. And then we started talking about, I think Destiel was going to be the, the next thing yeah. I think that we were trying to get to and how, um, I guess, based off of if you're looking for it or if you connect, you know, you search out things in characters that are maybe a part of yourself, I think, um, more Mm. than, because I know that like for me, when we were talking about, you know, what first brought me into the show, which was Jared, and then what ended up sticking was Dean, I think for a lot of reasons, you know, that I didn't, I maybe didn't quite want to like look at or process for quite a while. And then I started really looking at him. I'm like, oh, this is why. You know what I mean? Like, this is how I relate to him as a character. Um, And I think that's how everybody approaches um, a show, at least a show that you really like start to invest time and feelings in. Um, Yeah. And I think with Destiel, again, like I didn't, I as a straight woman didn't see that um, because I wasn't looking for it. You know what I mean? So I didn't really notice that until I started um, getting into the fandom. And cause like, I didn't know what Destiel was. I'm like, what the hell is Destiel? Like, cause I, I'm not very, like, I'm a little older. So the shipping and like the names and stuff don't quite, they didn't click at least like right in the beginning. I was like, what is Destiel? Yeah. You know? And then I was like, oh, okay. And, um, but then going back and looking at it after you've seen the whole entire arc of the show, um, I guess I think you see the you see the scenes, you see the the choices, whether it's an actor or a writer or a director, 
um, kind of giving you bits or hints or you could take this this way. Yeah. You could take this that way. Um, but then – Yeah, go ahead. But that, though, everybody said that any decision about Cass and Dean's relationship wasn't made until the end. Whether that was it was going to be that was how they were going to round off season 15 or whether that was something that came up during the lockdown hiatus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it was always said that it was never – Destiel was never the end goal. Mm-hmm. But like you said, when you go back and watch it, mm-hmm. it's right there. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not even subtle. Mm-mm. It's in your face mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. somebody's dick. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know there are people in the fandom that are very anti-Destiel. And I know obviously there are people in the fandom that like Destiel is it's the hill they will die on. Mm-hmm. And there are there are people in between. Um I've definitely I think it made into it into an episode. Don't remember it being cut out, but I've definitely said if you're going to squint and look at Supernatural, mm-hmm. I personally think you would see Wincest before you would see Destiel. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's because Wincest got like an extra three seasons. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was established. It was established. But no, like I don't. I probably would go back and revise that decision now. I don't, I, because it's right there. It's right in your face, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm still loath to say it's canon, okay? Because Jensen has said nothing. Misha mm-hmm. has been like, "Yep, so gay, all the gay." My God, so much homo, people. All the homo. Mm-hmm. All the homo. Like Castiel, all the homo for Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jensen has said nothing. Mm-hmm. And every time it comes up, he, he deflects. Or on a few memorable occasions, Jared puts his foot down his fucking throat. But like, you know, apart from that one time, Jared will leap in and like, you know, either answer the question or also deflect. Like there's a lot of a lot of deflection there's not nobody's had a concrete answer from Jensen about this so for me I'm like until he says Dean was also romantically in love with Castiel Mm -hmm. Destiel is not canon for me that is it's unrequited love Mm -hmm. and that's just my personal take on it yeah I guess yeah I guess I think from the like you said I I take it as you do from the perspective of say, you know, what, what does this one actor who, you know, lived this role, what do they feel? Right. And if, if you take it at face value, Cass knows finally realizes this about himself. And I might take it to the extreme where maybe Jensen is taking it to the extreme of Dean still doesn't know what the hell he wants, even though it's pretty obvious to like, maybe a lot of other people based off of what's happened through the years like even the whole thing about um you know dean's sexuality like going back and looking at certain things you could get a lot of like ambiguous well like i in my mind in my head canon i totally go with the fact that you know dean is bisexual um you know Mm. in in my head canon but that's based off of looking at things again and seeing he could be bisexual but still not 
understand that or be willing to accept that about himself. So it could still be a journey for, for Dean, you know, as well as Jensen, you know, you know, coming to, because once that's out there, it's out there. And, and Cass, I can see wanting or Misha, you know, putting that out there because he has a, he has a fandom that he has, I feel created throughout the seasons that just goes with it. And he plays with the, he's played with that concept. He's played with the comments. He's done all of that. So for him to then all of a sudden not, I think just doesn't, just doesn't follow. It'd be queer baiting. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what it would be for Misha to not do that. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know. That's my thought on it. You've, you've, you've led me to a certain place there, Sandra. You really have. Um, okay. Yeah, Misha, Misha, and and queer baiting, and I know, I know, we've we've, like that. we've well, had I mean, that, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're like we're, we're talking, we're talking about Castiel, we're talking mm-hmm. about Misha, we're talking about Destiel. We're gonna mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Was the New Jersey Con, wasn't it? It was the one mm-hmm. you went to, mm-hmm. where Misha accidentally, I'm doing finger quotes and everything, accidentally, <laughs> yeah came out as bisexual and then took like three days to go oh shit sorry guys um didn't mm-hmm. actually mean that not mm-hmm. actually bisexual oh i'm such a great ally though i'm so sorry mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and there's a whole a whole heap of bi erasure and things like that that we could we could get into but that's not mm-hmm. you know that's not what we're here for but as you say, for someone who has built, supported, you know, gone with a fandom who, like, Castiel's fans saw Destiel way before the rest of us, mm-hmm. way before it was, you know, way before the canon. writers, I think, even started really yeah. playing with it. You know, I, I, I'm still yeah. of the mindset that I think Sarah Gamble who was the like executive producer for six and seven. I really, I really think the main reason she wanted to get rid of Castiel was because she didn't want that love interest for Dean. You know what I mean? Or that possibility, like, or have that blatantly, like, even though they played with it again, I think, you know, she just didn't want Cass there because she wanted it to be about the boys again. Cause you can mm. see that in season seven. And a lot of people hate season seven, I think because there's so little Cass in there, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, but like the, bef- they they saw it before, you know, a lot of other people even even did. So go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I threw you off your. Yeah. No. No. That. No. That's that's exactly it. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people, a lot of Castiel fans, um, and a lot a lot of Destiel shippers that saw that before maybe the rest of us did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, like you said, from your experience as a, you know, a cishet woman mm-hmm. you didn't see romance in that final declaration because you weren't looking for it as- oh i did by then but i'm saying like when oh, i first like, when i first started watching that. it like it maybe was like it wasn't until i was in season um six or seven that i that i really started like digging into the fandom online and then started seeing that you know and then right. like going back but yeah. yeah by by then i was kind of like already 
I, I started to see like those different scenes that were then from that point forward a little differently, but like we've talked yeah. about it too. My husband, your husband first go round. I mean, Ted sees it now as we, as we rewatch it, but he had none of that, um, you know, going and in, going into it the first, the first watch. Um, yeah. Just nothing, you know? No, I know we, we, me and my husband haven't, we haven't rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once once watching it with me was enough. And we didn't even watch all the seasons together. We only watched 15 and he was like, I'm fucking done with you. Stop pausing it. Um, but he when when it first, you know, when that episode first aired and we like and then mm-hmm. the credits hit, mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh my god. And he mm-hmm. was like, What? And I was like, that was so gay. And he was mm-hmm. like, Shut up, no, it wasn't. And I was yeah. like, I think it might have been, you know, because yeah. I like as I was saying, you you not seeing that until later on. Mm-hmm. I, as a, a queer, non-binary human, um, I didn't see it at all. Even right, like I was still iffy at the declaration mm-hmm. because I am so used to not being represented mm-hmm. in TV shows right. and film. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's there's no way they're gonna have a gay love interest. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, they've got rid of, killed off every mm-hmm. single possible threat of yeah. a love interest for the boys. Mm-hmm. Jess died. Lisa got her memory wiped. Mm-hmm. Amelia did something. <laughs> I don't know what she did, but she did something. Yeah. They even killed off Charlie, and she wasn't a threat. They mm-hmm. killed off Rowena because there was a little bit of a burgeoning. Well, maybe some, you know, maybe, maybe her and Sam are researching uh-huh. in the library. I think so. Well, yeah, they should be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I shaved Rowena and Sam, mm-hmm. but they'd like every single love interest had been removed from the show, killed, mm-hmm. memory wiped, whatever. And I was like, "There's no way that they're gonna let a gay love interest live." Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't, but mm-hmm. that's not the point. Mm-hmm. They. Every love interest that had even been alluded to mm-hmm. had been removed. And I was like, there's no way they're going to turn around now yeah. at the, literally the 11th hour and go, oh, yeah, Cass and Dean were gay as fuck for each other. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. It just worked. Like, I just could not conceive that. There's n- <laughs> if there's limited um, representation for gay and lesbian people, there's even less for bi people mm. um so i was like no um and then like i said i'd had the conversation with my husband and been like ah, i think it was romantic and he was like no and then like as the, the days went on after the episode um and you know like i was looking at things and i was like the people are saying that it was and he was like no i just don't see it and i was like well i just i think you might be wrong yeah you know i don't think and again maybe it's just because but if you watch any romantic comedy or any romance or anything that declaration is right like the climax the finale the right before the two main characters get together one's expressing what they've been feeling and it you know just hits the other one like a ton of bricks it's it's a classic declaration mm-hmm. of love and i remember watching it that very first time 
as soon as Cass started talking, like, cause you, you know, you, you know, it's gotta be the thing. Cause they, they hinted at it in season 14. He, he's not gonna, you know, the empty's coming when he's the most happiest. And when he starts talking, I just remember feeling this, oh my God, are they going to do oh, this? No. no, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, are they, are they really going to do like, like, but like this, this hope, this weird, like, like I wanted this for the Destiel lovers. You know, I, I really did. I wanted that to happen. And the fact that he was actually starting, I was, I was vocalizing, oh my God, they're going to do this. And my husband's like, do what? I'm like, <laughs> Like, <laughs> Will you please spend a day on the internet, sir? You just, just like five minutes. I was like, but yeah. I, I just, it was this, they're, they're really going to do this. But then it's also like, oh my gosh, they're really going to do this. And just like, you know, with every character, once that swell of hope and joy happens, that character's gone. Just full stop. It happens in every, like, it's just every kind of like 180. As soon as somebody expresses something or does whatever, they're gone. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And I, it's one of my, it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes I think I've ever watched. Um, but it's also the most, I felt so, I felt happy that they, they took that and they actually made it flesh at least for Cass. Do you know what I mean? Like they just gave yeah. him that ownership of his feelings. And honestly, I don't think in any other instance, even if, like, say, Cass had had um, survived that moment, I still don't think Dean would have been ready in himself to make that same declaration back. Because I think he was still he's still on that journey, right? Like that journey in particular for himself. Yeah. Where Cass finally came to terms with this is what I've always wanted. This is what happiness is. Um, I think it's just so beautiful. It's a beautiful speech. Like it's just in the, it's just in the knowing it's just in the being like how freeing is that, you know, to finally be okay with that in yourself. And I think that part's lovely. I think it's shitty that, you know, but you, you knew it, you knew it was going to happen as soon as you started talking. I'm like, okay, oh no, here it goes. Yep. He's gone. Um, so yeah, so for- I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, for me, I think if you take aside, like if you snip, if you snip it off, snip it off at the end. <laughs> if you just just snip off the "I love you" at the end, I think it was. I, I mean, I cried. Um, and I mean, if if you snip off the love declaration, and if you like, if you take out the supernaturals, bury your gaze, and you take all that out, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful end to an arc. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the best. Mm-hmm. Dean got a shitty rap. So did Sam. And then they were like, oh, but they all met up in heaven. Fucking who cares? Like, mm-hmm. no, it was mm-hmm. a traumatic, untimely death. Like, nobody had a good ending there. Mm-hmm. But for Cassiel to have gone from nothing but a soldier, mm-hmm. a just a, a nothing, yeah. just a soldier of no import in his life, mm-hmm. quote unquote. To have gone through, you know, he's been God, he's been human, he's lost his grace, he's found his grace, he's done so many different things. And then to come right back down to it and be like, you, human person who I had one job with, Mm -hmm. taught me to love Mm -hmm. humanity Mm -hmm. and myself 
is I think that's beautiful I really do think it was a great a great ending Mm -hmm. you know he knew he was going to die and he said what he needed to say Mm -hmm. and not many characters get a chance to do that yeah I know Rowena had like a brief conversation with Sam before that but overall people I suppose Ellen and Joe maybe mm-hmm. but people it, it like as is the nature of death it tends to be very sudden you don't always get you don't that get that beautiful goodbye. moment yeah mm-hmm. yeah where you get to say all the things you need to say to somebody mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think that was a really good character moment but you have to do a lot of heavy lifting to take a lot of shit away from it to be able to go, this is nice. This is a good end. Yeah. And then when you put all that stuff back, you're like, oh, well, Supernatural is burying their gaze again, you know, and that sucks. And again, I just, like, it's it's on the wiki, you know? Mm-hmm. It's on the wiki as in his relationships, romantic relationship with Dean, mm-hmm. one-sided. And I'm just like, until Jensen, who, you know knows Dean the best out of anybody on the planet Mm -hmm. until he comes out and he's like, I've thought about it. Mm -hmm. And I think Dean was really queer for Cass as well. Mm -hmm. It it just won't be canon to me. It will just be unrequited love. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I just think, like, getting it down to that one moment, it's a great ending moment for a character. But in the bigger scope of, of the show... And everything else, it's kind of, I don't know, like the whole Misha, Misha saying that he was bisexual and then having to turn around and go, ah, sorry, I made a goof, my bad. Um, it just, it's just tone deaf yeah. on the people, the powers that be for Supernatural, the writers, the producers, mm-hmm. the other things in the film industry that I know loads of things about, definitely. Because they want to have it all, right? Like they want to have they they want to they want to try to please everybody, and when you do that, you please nobody. So I think that's yeah, exactly. That's what they were doing. They were trying to have almost these like multiple endings, right? That um, you could you could take in in different different ways and, and different experiences. And I still say to the end of you know Sam and Dean's codependent relationship entailed everybody around them sacrificing. I think for mm. Sam and Dean. It and and you know, I mean, you could go back to again, Ellen and Joe, Crowley, uh, all these characters, all these great these these characters that had their own lives and arcs, a lot of them were cut short because of, well, it's going to benefit it, at the end of the day, it's got to get Sam and Dean to this place. And I think that's Yeah that, you know, you could attribute to a lot of different things. And whether the actual writers of Supernatural are trying to cop out and say, oh, well, it was just Chuck, you know, however you want to do that and say, that's why it was just a big shit show all here and there. It's still mm. it's still the sacrifice, right, that everybody's making for their benefit. And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's Cass sacrificing all of himself for, again, what he feels is the greater good. And at the end of the day, the greater good for him is Dean. That's what I think it is for him mm. at that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. That's one of the that's one of the kind of the great things about fan fiction, right? And how 
somebody's view of something is could be a total 180 from yours or could take a right turn or a left turn and they're seeing something in characters that you don't and this fandom is very driven <laughs> by oh, you know yeah. different pairings different ships and different you know like you said like the hill that they'll die on could be like one or the other where I kind of just like I do like hearing all of the different interpretations and you know, my preference, no matter what, if I'm going to read fiction, it's going to be Dean with a female reader. That's just me. Like, you know, but I've read, I've read some Destiels that I really like. I've read some Wincest that I really like. So it's like, again, it depends on a lot of aspects of the writing, but like, that's, that's my preference. So somebody else wants to have their mm. own preference. So be it. I do like reading and learning about that, you know, because that's, the way that they'll even experience cast, which I get the Dom part of it in the like the very first season, but like I just don't, I, don't <laughs> I can't, I can't wrap my head. I kind of have to think about that earlier character, I guess, to see that mm. in. Of course, it could be like again how we talk about Sam, um, and his Dom, you know, like behind the scenes rather than what you see front and center. You know, could be different behind the scenes there yeah. so yeah i am um, yeah i think fan fiction is just one of the greatest examples of how humans view things mm -hmm. i just think it's so great because everyone's coming from the same source material mm -hmm. we all watch the same 15 seasons right mm -hmm. and the amount the different views that people take and the different ways that they write this character mm -hmm. and we've all seen the same episodes you know and maybe you know maybe you pull from things that the actors have said about their characters and things like that but overall you're kind of pulling from the show mm -hmm. and then you like the like you Destiel's not really it's not it's not really my thing it's like I've read some really great ones I've read some horrible ones, you know, and, and everything in between. And I just think the range that people can pull from this one character is mm -hmm. just, it's just incredible. And I just think it's so interesting from like a psychology view, like mm -hmm. we're all looking at the same thing, mm -hmm. but we're all pulling something completely different from it. Like you've written things with Castiel in them. Mm -hmm. I have not. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so, it's just, it's so interesting to me. Like we, I've seen, you know, like not to put too fine kink on it, mm -hmm. but you know, I've seen fix with Castiel being the sub um, to ever, ever be to the Dommies talk to ever be. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I just, <laughs> how do we all pull something so different from mm -hmm. the same thing? Mm -hmm. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. Just as a concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah. personally, I put my hands up. He's the toppiest cop to ever dom. <laughs> Anybody fight me? Look at that season four, baby. Also, can we just briefly for a second, can we just objectify Misha for like five minutes? Okay. <laughs> you know, like in a nice way. You know, uh, we're, we're being polite about this. Yeah. But also, goddamn, that should be illegal. That man's jawline. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Misha, please. I mean, it's very unassuming, she, right? Like you don't get it right away. I at least I feel like you definitely see it in season four, but I'm but like 
he doesn't turn it like it's just not always on. It definitely is for season four in the very beginning. Like it's just there. But like mm-hmm. as you go on with the character, you don't see it all the time. But yeah, he's a very, a very good looking man. Very, very good looking man. You yeah. know, but very like a subdued, like almost like the professor kind of, you know, the good looking. Like you don't get it until like, you know, little, little, little bits and pieces, and all of a sudden he just like turns it on, um, yeah, kind of thing. Like- all right yeah i think i think it's one of those unfortunate things where if he wasn't playing opposite j2 oh yeah like jesus yeah fuck yeah because there's like levels right (laughs) yeah it's like if like you know like if if jensen wasn't playing against jared you'd be like holy shit he's really tall but like jared walks into shot and you're like oh all right then like it's worth it's really bearing short. in mind whenever you see pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever you see pictures of J2M together, it's worth bearing in mind that Misha is like six foot tall. Mm-hmm. Jensen's like six two. Mm-hmm. And they look like tiny people yeah. next to the fucking giant over there. And yeah. nearly six five. God, that's <laughs> anyway, moving on. So I do think it's like if you watched him, like if he was the lead in, in anything else, mm-hmm. you'd be like, Fucking hell, all right. Yeah. But then he, he has to play against freaking freckles and jawline <laughs> over there. And you're like, what? It's season four, I guess, for like five minutes. No, season season four, Baby Misha was damn fine. Mm-hmm. And he aged really well mm-hmm. as well. Like, yeah. he's not like, I think that Jensen's aging like, uncomfortably towards the d word that makes me cringe but there's no other way to describe it yeah yeah yeah. jared doesn't seem to be aging at all which is rude (laughs) but misha's aging like a normal human yeah so you're like you were really fine like in your late 20s and now you're okay yeah you know yeah no he's um, (laughs) on i think think he's he's a year younger yeah he's a year younger than me so i think he's like 48 i think he might have just turned he's either going to be 48 or he turns 48. He's 48 this let's, year cuz I'm let's yeah, find I'm out. yeah. Pretty sure let's he's a year out. younger than me. Yeah, he's 47. Mm-hmm. He's, he's 47. Oh, it's birthday's coming up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're on the 20th. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's 47. Um and Jared's just turned 40 and Jensen's Oh, he went 44 this year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's just, he's just like aging like a normal human being. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah. You know, like he's not unattractive, but no. he's just aging normally. But he's Again, not like Jensen. If or you Jared. were not, yeah, <laughs> it's unfortunate that he just, he, the nature of 15 years, 12 years on a show together, mm-hmm. it's just that people will compare. And it's just like, Jensen is fucking tall, but not when Jared walks in. Yeah. Misha is a good looking man. But again, because <laughs> I don't want to be like, he's not good looking next to Jared and Jensen, because he yeah. is. Yeah. He's just there. But, oh, God, I'm having that fucking thing again. And I'm like, Misha's <laughs> going to be listening to this one in the car going, they think I'm ugly. I don't, Misha. It's normal. It's, it's the normal not- beauty. It's the normal beauty that, that, that he has. It's not the supernatural yeah. beauty that Jensen and Jared seem to have like taken on and yes i do believe it's a demon deal of some sort that jensen has that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) misha in the car driving wherever you're going does it help if i tell you that i still believe you have your soul 
And I don't think they do because I just don't, that doesn't happen without selling your soul to somebody. <laughs> but I don't know who they um, sold it to because demon deals are 10 years and that's been and gone. Unless Soon. they're just re-upping it every time and it's just making it worse and worse for them when the time finally comes. That's the only thing I can think of too. Um, is that maybe yeah. they're, you know, they're like, well, we can get so much more out of this particular person that we'll, we'll, we'll give you another 10. We'll give you another 10. <laughs> you know, let's, let's do that. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe in our world you can sell a little bit, you know, mm. like, 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 like here Harry and there. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. You can split it and sell a bit. Like layaway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh god. Maybe that's it. But Misha driving in traffic. I <laughs> I believe you still have your soul and you are aging very well. You're still very attractive. You have the unfortunate you have made the life choices that have led you to unfortunately having to be compared to the soulless fuckers over there. I'm mm-hmm. very sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel dreadful now. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just, I just, I just want it noted as as much as I want to grab Misha Collins by the lapels and shake him and then make him sit down and listen to me rant at him about <laughs> why what he did was so wrong mm-hmm. and make him aware of what his actions have done. And I'm sure there's people listening like, oh, you made a joke. Like, if you want, people, we can do a whole last episode on everything that was wrong with what Misha said when he was like, I'm bisexual, lol, no, I'm not. I'll, I'll do a whole episode on it. Sandra will just sit quiet and I'll just fucking run at you for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But I have to be like, you did Castiel good, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't see anybody else playing Castiel. Right. In the same way, nobody could have played Dean. Nobody could have played Sam. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have played John, unfortunately. Which is a shame because I like Jeff. It's just not John. You know what so. would be interesting is, and I don't know, but like finding out who actually auditioned for Castiel. Like if that if that's anywhere too. Like what were the possible choices aside from Misha? Um, you know, like who maybe auditioned yeah. for that role? Yeah, Google is giving me lots of lots of answers. Will they have an answer for this one? Will they have an answer? Oh, for, for Castiel Supernatural, yes, people. you do have to put that in there, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Mark ah! Pellegrino. <gasps> no way. Listen to us Google live. That is literally what's happening. Mark Pellegrino, Nick no. Lucifer auditioned for the role. Never. No. Never. The final two candidates were Misha and Pellegrino. Wow. Never. Oh my god. What's his face? Gil McKinney. Oh, he was Henry young, Winchester. Yeah, the audition. Young Henry you Winchester. way too old to be Sam. No. That could have been no. just by his, just like how he was dressed and everything too. They probably could have probably been similar in age. I do know mm. that Jensen auditioned for Sam and that just I knew Jensen auditioned yeah. for Sam. Yeah. yeah, no. No, 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 no. But if that's, yeah, I mean, they definitely did a, Thank God. Oh, Lauren could have been a bomb-ass Ruby. Mm. She really could. Mm-hmm. Lauren uh, Cohen played Bella in season two. Definitely could have been a good Ruby. Kate Cassidy could have been a good Bella as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what those two rounds. Interesting that they, they just really flipped it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. 
they really should have done it well that was very interesting i know it could never it could never have gone to um mark no no it could never it could never have gone to mark well that was interesting yeah that was going live with Callie and sandra (laughs) we answer questions live through the medium of google so yeah i just think you know a little bit like a lot of props to misha it was great Mm -hmm. i mean mark was great with with lucifer as well i don't think couldn't have seen anyone else play Lucifer, but we'll talk about Lucifer in a different yeah. episode. This is Castiel episode. Look yeah. at us. We're being so so contained. Yes, and refined. We are. We're professionals, people. We are. we are professionals. I guess on that note, are there any like last thoughts about Castiel before like we wrap up? Or do you think we've kind of hit I think we've hit a lot. Um I just think on the we've character. Hit a lot. I think there's I think there's some stuff between Castiel and Jack to discuss but mm-hmm. again we will do a separate episode on jack and yep. we will discuss that then look at us we're so fucking professional professional. <laughs> so professional so as always you know hit us up reach out to us send us an email you know reach out to us on twitter let us know what you think what did you think do you agree with our thoughts on cast do you disagree do you see him in a totally different way what are your thoughts on the confession at the end where do you stand on the Destiel debate? Are you pro? Are you against? Do you have no fixed opinion? Like, I mean, we kind of have no fixed opinion. We're just like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know? I think one of yeah. I mean, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna fall somewhere. You know, even it's like it could be like the middling. Like, eh, you know, I really don't see it, or I don't really care either way. I don't think we have those kinds of people who are listening to this podcast. I think there's probably an actual like thought, you know, on on that yeah. on that topic. Um, but yeah, but, so you know, yeah. reach out, let us know. If you yeah. send us emails, we will respond. And you know, if you send us fanfic ideas, we will discuss them and then Sandra will go write them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm Thanks. sorry. <laughs> Don't send us. <laughs> Don't maybe, everybody send us fanfic ideas yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah. Maybe wait. Yeah. Or, or or like point us in the direction of like some really great Destiel. Um, if you know, if we want to want to give that another like go around. Cause like I said, I've I've read some really a couple really great ones that I think I've bookmarked on AO3. Maybe I, if I feel so inclined, I might pop them into the description. Some things that I really liked, or even um, I know there's a really great podcast um, that just focuses solely on Destiel and just reads Destiel fanfic. And I've listened to quite a few of those and do really like it. I think it's called making it up as we go. I'll try to remember to put a link into that. Maybe I'll even try to reach out to the creator at some point and be like, hey, you do Destiel. We we focus on this. Do you want to chit-chat about it? But anyway, now I'm going yeah. off on tangent. So we'll do I, I definitely I definitely have a Destiel fic. Is it that uh, ring um, one? I remember we were no. gonna talk about that one. Um you gave me one that I read that was the familiar one that I really yeah, liked. That one. that one was great. Yeah. Um yeah. That I've is, listened that to is one of my favorites. Have Love Will Travel. That was a podfic one that I really liked. That was the one where Dean was um an exotic dancer and um Castiel was like this recluse writer and like had issues about like leaving the house and stuff and how that sort oh. of it was, it was younger, it was younger Dean and Sam. And yeah. Sam, I think, was still a teenager. Dean was maybe only like so it's only like early 20s, but that was really yeah. great. Um, so I'll I'll link a couple of those things below. But yeah, the unfamiliar one I I read a couple weeks ago. Really love that. That was um, really good. 
ring like silver ring like gold is good as well mm-hmm. um but that's still it's still a work in progress i don't want to i don't want to like I, I want that to be done yeah before i'm like people mm-hmm. please go read this fucking amazing yeah bdsm kink dusty outfit that's fucking all that and a bag of chips <laughs> it's awesome but i want it to be finished you know i want it to be finished before i um before i point people in that direction but the familiar one yes mm-hmm. have love will travel also yes yeah it's really yes good one. so we yeah. will in the description we will link some of our favorite dusty elfix and you know go go check them out so we'll and give you some yeah. we're going to give you places to contact us too real quick as we get ready to exit i'm gonna i'm not gonna look at my notes so we're gonna see how this goes Woo, she can do this. come on people um you so can if go you, <laughs> if you want to email us you can email us at idling in the impala at gmail.com on twitter we are idling in the letter d impala if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on AO3 under the username Drasna, D-R-A-S-N-A. On Twitter, I'm S. Kyle Writes. That's S-K-Y-L-E-W-R-I-T-E-S. And then if you want to read some of my original fiction, you can visit my website at sandrakyle.com. Hey, look at that, guys. She can do the thing. I'll try to remember how to spell my own name this time. So if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on AO3 and Twitter. It's Carly Karma. However, you think that might be spelt, I guarantee you it's not. So it's Kilo, Alpha, Romeo, Lima, Echo, Echo, and then Karma as you spell it normally. Same profile picture in both places. In case you think, hey, I wonder if that's two people with a weird spelling name. Um, same profile picture, it's probably me. So, like we said, reach out to us on Twitter, send us an email, let us know your thoughts on Castiel, Misha, Destiel, send us some fix, we'll give them a read, and we'll, you know, if you send us fix, we'll read them and review them. So, mm-hmm. you know, audience interaction, yay! Yay! But apart from that, thank you very much for joining us, guys, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!